San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. The play is in. The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. ESPN 1250 and 1033 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Ryan I'm Jason Minix. We are live at Pinkerton's Barbecue in downtown at Legacy Park. It is Yingling Lager Hoop City. Come down here, have some great barbecue, obviously some great beer, and watch the basketball games. And uh, as we visit with our good friend John McLean of the Houston Chronicle, John, this park is loaded with Houston Cougar fans, man. It's like you're talking on uh, on Sports Radio 610 down in Houston with the audience we have at least in front of us here uh, today at Legacy Park. Hey, guys, I wish I was there with them. I love coming to San Antonio. One of my favorite cities. They ate a lot of great food, drank a lot of great beer for years in training camp with the Oilers. And I think with my Baylor Bears out of both tournaments, I'm a big Cougars fan. Go Cougars. See, that's a man that knows how to play to the audience. Absolutely. And i tell you what, that may be the game of the night, honestly. I think that's going to be one heck of a game. Now, John, I'm really looking forward to that ball game. Joe, I watched U of H and I watched Arizona in the last two games. And, of course, Arizona was fortunate to beat TCU in overtime. I think the Cougars are going to win this game. Kelvin Sampson, there's no coach in NCAA who's done a better job than Sampson losing two of his best players in December, not skipping a beat. He went to the Final Four last year, three consecutive Sweet 16s. Now he's got a chance to go to another Final Four, and this time, he doesn't have those fighting Baylor Bears to have to play. That is so true. John McLean of the Houston Chronicle joining us here on the Blitz. John, uh, since we've last talked, a lot of things have happened uh, concerning uh, the former quarterback of the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson. And, you know, even today there was some news today, but another grand jury uh, not going to go with criminal charges against him. Take us into the Texans' side of the trade to Cleveland because when I see people that say Nick Casario didn't get enough, I feel like how how greedy are these people because his, he was handcuffed. I mean, I thought he got as much as he possibly could for Deshaun Watson. I agree 100%, Jason. Anybody saying he could have got more is an incomplete and an umskull who doesn't understand what a no-trade clause is. That means you can't trade a player where you want to trade him. I use an example. If Carolina had offered five number one picks and five starters, and Casario said, okay, Deshaun, we want to trade you to Carolina, he'd say, no, I'm only going to Cleveland. Carolina hadn't offered the $230 million guaranteed, and the only alternative would have been to call his bluff and say, if you don't go to Carolina, you're going to set out another season. We'll pay you $35 million from your base salary. And the problem with that. If he's out two seasons, his value is going to diminish. Plus, they needed to get some returns this year to use in phase two of the rebuild. They got six draft choices, three ones, uh, a four, a three, and a and another four, and uh, a six that they were a fifth that they were giving with Watson became a six. So I think under the circumstances, guys, Casario did a tremendous job. 
John, let me ask you this, and how that whole thing kind of took place with Deshaun, because, you know, we hear earlier in the week, last week, Cleveland was out of the running. They were gone, and Deshaun was going to look elsewhere. And then all of a sudden, Cleveland's back in the picture. Was it just as simple as, hey, we're going to give you $230 million guaranteed? Joe, my God, it's always about the money. His side's trying to spin it, and the Browns are trying to spin it. That he woke up on Friday with an epiphany, I want to go to the Super Bowl, so I'm going to Cleveland. Of course it was about the money. There's another story that he was trying to get Jarvis Landry and Leonard Burnett to come to Atlanta Thursday night. And one of the things that was reported in Cleveland, and I believe this, once they were ruled out, Baker Mayfield said, I want out. I want to be traded. Mayfield's a pain in the butt anyway. And the Browns are like, oh, God, we're going to have to go through this with Baker. What can we do to get back into Watson sweepstakes? Well, he wanted a new contract. He was looking for four years guaranteed. Carolina backed out, wouldn't guarantee the last two years. Let's guarantee all of it. And let's do this, get this over with, and then we can trade Baker somewhere. And so they called him back and uh, guaranteed him $230 million, which made every owner and general manager choke on their coffee Friday <laughs> when they heard about it because it sets another standard, just yep. like Tyreek Hill. He wasn't going to try to get money like Devontae Adams till Adams got it. And uh, so – the next quarterback who's up, who's a good one, is going is gonna to require a lot more money. And the one that is going to benefit the most, not Baker Mayfield, is going to be Lamar Jackson. Jackson's problem is he and his mom negotiate his contracts. Don't you know if he opened it up to agents what he could get? I'm guessing he's going to come to his senses and call David Mulligetta in Austin and say, uh, Mr. Mulligetta, I saw you get Jalen Ramsey, his deal in the Super Bowl ring to get out of Jacksonville, and you got Deshaun out. Both of them got great contracts. Will you represent me in my negotiations? And that's going to be 3%. Well uh, well spent if you're Lamar Jackson because, you know, David Mulligetta, the way he, he taught a master's class in contract negotiation, not only getting that money fully guaranteed, but the base salary is only $1 million this year. So if, when Deshaun is suspended, financially it's not going to be a major hit to Deshaun's wallet. And, and Roger Goodell knew that was coming. That's happened with some other players. But... Who says Goodell has to suspend him this year? Why couldn't he suspend him in 2023? There's no rule against it. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but wouldn't that be a punch in his financial gut if he decided awesome. to do it? 2023, people would love it, but that's not going to happen. And the Texans, of course, are pulling for a long suspension because his backup, Jacoby Bouzette, is not likely to win as many games. So the more games the Browns lose next season, the higher that draft pick is going to be. Boy, that's interesting. And and back to Roger Goodell. And we were talking about this earlier, John. Um, what what is the sweet spot for Goodell to either say you're going to be suspended six games or no suspension or whatever the case may be? Is there a sweet spot? Is that before training camp, sometime this summer, or or is there such a thing? 
It's interesting because, say, the grand jury in Brazoria County who heard testimony from one of the 22 accusers and yesterday, and then they said no charges would be filed. Say they had filed charges. Then Goodell would say, okay, I'm putting you on my exempt list. That means you get paid, but you can't be at the facility until it's cleared up. Well, that man, he couldn't have worked out an off-season program. Fortunately for Watson, uh, they didn't file charges, so he can show up at the off-season program, or there could be more file criminal charges. And uh, I would think Goodell would want it done before training camp. Uh, and he could, he, you can play in exhibition games, preseason games, but you, you have to disappear the week regular season starts and you're not allowed back at the facility till your suspension is over. And I would expect him to appeal it, as Ben Roethlisberger did, as Zeke Elliott did. If you think about this, what's worse, Zeke Elliott pulling a girl's top down, and initially, wasn't it initially six games reduced to four? And then you think about 22 women who have sued Watson for sexual assault and misconduct in civil court. Two other women accused him of that, but have not joined the civil suits. That's 24, and I would think that they would hit him for at least half the season, and then he would appeal. And it's hard for the union to come out and say, oh, no, no, he shouldn't be suspended that bad because it would make the union leaders look terrible considering why he was suspended. Very true. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joining us here on the Blitz as he does every Thursday. What other Deshaun Watson kind of side note story? Dude really didn't pay rent on his cheesesteak place. <laughs> I mean, it's National Cheesesteak Day, and people can't go over to Lefty's and get a cheesesteak because he didn't pay rent? Yeah, I don't know if he ever had any money tied up. I think it was his name, publicity. And it is so funny. They made such a big deal about that. It's on Kirby Drive right down from the stadium, great location, and now it's it's not boarded up, but it's out of business, and they're all over the country, and I think, man, what great fanfare when it opened, but now nobody's dining at Lefties. <laughs> nah, I don't know. It wasn't very good either. Well, not at all. I tell you what, John. I, I haven't uh, had the pleasure of meeting you in person yet, but I can't wait <laughs> to get you to San Antonio, and uh, we can have a cold beer together and swap stories. I'd look forward to that. I love San Antonio. All the Chronicle writers are there. I told them some of my favorite places, and I wish they were, I was there with all the University Absolutely. of Houston fans. And, and I'll say this, go Cougs. Yeah, and, John, before we let you go, though, I do want to ask on draft prospects, and we'll get into this a lot over the next several weeks leading up to the draft, but Nick Casario and several other members of the Houston Texans staff were in San Antonio yesterday at the UTSA Pro Day. They've got a tall corner, Drake Woolen, that the Texans apparently like, but I saw that Lovey Smith was at the Cincinnati Pro Day today also looking at a tall corner. Do we get a pretty good idea that uh, a corner is going off the board and to Houston very early in the draft? Well, I, I, it's not going to be with a third overall pick. It might be with 13. You know, Wilson's going to be there in the second round when they pick, but uh, uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati will not be there with a 13th pick, and Wilson put on such a great show at the Combine. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody legitimate 6'4 running the 4'2s. 
Usually the fastest guys don't pan out, but, man, they love everything that kid has shown, and I think that he'll go high in the second round. Nice. That's yeah, good to hear. It is good to hear. And, as, you know, and if he gets to Houston, John, just uh, put it in your notes now. you got to find that guy a good chicken sandwich place because <laughs> everything that he eats has something to do with chicken. And when he was training in Florida, he fell in love with, of all things, a Rally's chicken sandwich. And uh, he's got to do better than that. Well, we got quite a few chicken sandwich places here. Hot chicken, <laughs> grilled chicken, fried chicken. However he wants it. Yeah, and he'll he'll get it all those different ways. John McLean from the Houston Chronicle. Follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, always appreciate it. We'll talk next week. Jason and Joe, thank you guys very much. Good luck to the University of Houston and all their fans in the great city of San Antonio. Absolutely appreciate it. John McLean from the Houston Chronicle.